Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, February 20th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, you will not be on the show tomorrow. I will be... not be. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pretend like it's not because West Side Story is opening and you want it to avoid that. Um, <laughs> but did, it is. I did think about that a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, but you were actually going to be seeing Anatomy of a Suicide, which I, I talked about yeah. in uh, a Patreon episode that I saw last week. Our first story today is about Anatomy of a Suicide, Mm -hmm. but you're going to see that James and I will be sending people into the weekends. I will be very excited to hear your thoughts uh, about the show. The reviews. um, Uh oh. Well, no, 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 no. (laughs) The reviews at the top of the big pause. No, no, no. The reviews at the top of the show. I um, I tried to make sure that there was not too much spoilery type stuff. Oh, appreciate you. Um, for you and the listeners, but um, we'll get to them. They were very good. So we will get to that in a second. If you want to hear what I thought of the show, I try not to do too much because I still saw it in in previews. Although it was just like a day or two, Um, you know, it was was one of the last shows I saw. So um, it was close to opening. But you can head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. And you can hear all about my recent trip to New York and hear about all the shows that I saw there. But actually, let's get in to the reviews for Anatomy of a Suicide over at the Atlantic Theatre Company. This is a play by Alice Birch. Uh, It is directed by Liliana Blaine Cruz, and it is currently running through March 15th. I would not be surprised if this one hour and 45 minute show, with no intermission, does eventually extend. The cast is fantastic, and it features three main women uh, at the center of the stories. Um, Because there are three different stories. Of course, Carla Gugino is playing Carol. Celeste Arias is playing Anna. And Gabby Beans is playing Bonnie. I'll also throw in Ava Briglia, who is a a young woman. I probably 12-ish, 13-ish, 11-ish sometime. Some age in there playing um, multiple different characters. She is also fantastic. There's a great ensemble in the show. But those are the four, but especially those first three Uh, characters and actors that you really have to pay attention to. Let's start off with Alexis Soloski, who made the show a New York Times critic's pick. She said, quote, clear-eyed, comfortless, often often dazzling, like sun on ice. Anatomy of a Suicide follows three generations of women tethered to life by the thinnest possible filament. Staged simultaneously across three time periods, seemingly the 1970s, the 1990s, the 2030s, it explores unflappably the interior devastation that leads to at least two of these women to take their own lives. The play's coolness means that you may not feel everything that a narrative like this might allow you to feel, at least not right away. Me, I was never even close to tears, though I heard sniffling from several sides. But Anatomy of a Suicide isn't the kind of show you can see, then cavalierly head out for drinks, recycling your playbill along the way. It is a drama, like the blue heart of a flame. It looks like winter, even as it scorches you. The director, Liliana Blaine Cruz, allows female characters to exist in their complex humanity without sanding down or slicing off any of the unlikable or unreconcilable bits. Her plays often resemble a ritual or invocation. Anatomy of a Suicide, which calls the past forward, has the feel of a summoning. The women don't see one another, though they seem at times to sense one another. 
Hmm. Yeah, very, very I, good. That's I a good hate, review, isn't well, it? Well, I hate when I listen to a review that's written so damn well that I have to, like, put it far away from my brain. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, Adam Feldman from Time Out New York made the show his first five-star review of the 2020 calendar year. He said, quote, superbly portrayed by Gugino, Arias, and Beans, the three main women manifest, manifest their illnesses differently. Carla and Bonnie are more interior. Uh, Carla and Bonnie are more interior. Okay, it's a typo. That's why it was confusing me. It's Carol. Carla plays Carol. He had the names transposed. Carol and Bonnie are more interior and makes the former seem glamorous to others and the latter seem aloof whereas Anna pours her pain out in torrents. But if they share an inability to connect with people, and especially to accept love, they are deeply bonded, for better or worse, to their mothers and daughters. Bonnie, describing her emotions after moving back to her family home, says it's, quote, like being very far underground, like being where roots are. Carol, again he says Carla, but Carol calls her daughter, quote, a fish hook around my middle pulling me up when I want to be under. Birch's play takes an unsentimental but humane view of the suffering we may not always recognize in others. It hooks into you and lifts you up, like it or not. Now, uh, Alexis Lasky mentioned briefly that these stories are saved simultaneously, and Robert Hoffler from The mm -hmm. Rap really kind of summarizes what that means. He said, quote, For the audience, it's a hard-earned empathy. The three stories take place concurrently with overlapping dialogue that finds the actors repeating the same words, but in very different contexts. You may find yourself dropping out of one narrative to follow another one more closely, and then deeply regretting having missed something crucial in your self-imposed detail tour there are more than a few moments where you'll want to hit the rewind button anatomy of a suicide is a play that makes you work to sort out the details and put them in place paying attention has its rewards now ashley i kind of gave you my spoiler free review mm. off air a few days ago and does it sound like what i was thinking is lining up with what they were thinking yeah absolutely uh you talked to, when we talked off air you talked about the overlapping uh, dialogue and I was pretty excited about the show before that but when you told me that I think that is such an incredible concept especially if w the same words are overlapping in three different dialogues I'm incredibly delighted by these reviews and I'm so excited to see the show yeah, I'm 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 very interested to hear your thoughts, and uh, hopefully we'll be get, get a chance for you to share that next week when you are back. Absolutely. All right, let's head out of New York, and this is the time of year when national tours and tour presenting houses are announcing their their seasons, and I want to highlight two different houses um, for a couple of different reasons, but. If you are outside of the New York tri-state area, there's a very good chance that either the theater in your neck of the woods has already announced their season or will be soon. So make sure that you are checking the appropriate websites and social media feeds to know what shows are coming to your theater as soon as it's announced. But I want to start with the Amundsen Theater out in Los Angeles. There's like five different theaters, and that's a slight exaggeration, but I think it's three. The Pantages, the Dolby, and the Amundsen that all present national tours. Because Hamilton is doing a sit-down um, this year, that kind of changes things a little bit. But I want to talk about Center Theater Group's 54th season at the Amundsen Theater because 
It has a very interesting premiere of sorts. They will be having the West Coast premiere of the Lehman Trilogy starting Mm. this fall, October 20th through November 28th. Um, Obviously, this is a show that has played in London. In New York, back to London, and it's coming back to New York for this Broadway season, and I would not be surprised if this ended up being the Tony winner for Best Play, but it will be heading out to Los Angeles, and I don't know, actually if this is supposed to be a just like a little standalone production or a standalone run for, you know, five weeks, or if this is going to send itself on a national tour. I can't, mm. I probably should remember if this is supposed to have a tour or not, but um, it's very interesting. I think this is a brilliant play that is... It's it's rough to get anybody to sit through three and a half hours and two intermissions, especially with only sure. three actors. But it was gripping, and I'm really interested to see how this plays in a touring uh, house, because that is not how things normally work in touring houses. Uh, but also in their season is uh, Dear Evan Hansen, uh, Les Miserables, Town, To Kill a Mockingbird, Come From Away, The Prom, and uh, wow. Two Crown. It's a great Can season. Can we have Eight. all of those shows on Broadway simultaneously? Well, I'm going to get a lot of them here in Orlando, which I'm going to talk about here in a second. But mm-hmm. the other reason I wanted to mention the Amundsen season is because our friend Jennifer McHugh is a season subscriber to the Amundsen. And uh-huh, she nice. has volunteered, now that we've got her officially into the Broadway radio family Yay. with our Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist uh, show, she has volunteered if there's ever any shows that we want to talk about that she's seeing in Los Angeles, she will be happy to figure out some sort of way to talk about them. So I'm, I already told her we want to do something on, um, definitely on Lehman and any of the tours that she sees out there. So Jennifer McHugh will be bringing us some information about all of these shows starting in the fall of 2020 and heading into 2021. The other season that I want to mention is mine, is the one I'm going to get to see. Oh, jeez. Um, a lot of these <laughs> shows are also going to be playing at the Amundsen. We're going to kick off the season in September here at the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts in Orlando with To Kill a Mockingbird. Then we've got Tootsie. Then we've got Town, followed by The Band's Visit as the first show in 2021. Then in February, we have The Prom. Then we've got a season option for The Wicked, uh, followed by... <laughs> The one and only, the greatest show that I have never seen, Cats, in April. Oh, uh, you must be so excited. I can't wait. Um, then oh. we've got the season add-on of Hamilton for about four weeks in May, then closing out the season with The Share Show. So I will be bringing you information and my thoughts on wow. all of those shows in the 2020 and 2021 <laughs> season. It's quite the mix. Hades, Tired, Cats, and Share Show. I mean... <laughs> and and uh, uh, to kill a mockingbird yeah. in there as well. I, I can't rem- I can't remember. I don't know in the time that I've been in Orlando that we've had a play drama. We had the play that goes wrong, but I yeah. don't think we've ever had a play that's a drama since Doctor Phillips Center opened. I've been uh, I, I've been able to see all of the touring shows that have come through since the Doctor Phillips Center opened, except for Five Is Out of Town, um, and one that was canceled because of a hurricane. But I don't think we've had any dramas, so that'll be really interesting to see from a straight play perspective. It's truly a little bit of whatever you're into, it seems. Yeah, but a lot of them are great. I mean, oh, Hades Town, yeah. the band's visit, it's a gr- um, and Genuine, Hamilton. There's genuinely a great schedule, and then all, and then some, and then then some other things there. Right. <laughs> and the share show, yeah. share uh, show's fun. Do, do you want to guess which one I'm most excited about Cats. having in Orlando? No, seriously, most excited about. I would think Hades Town, but that's just me. I, 
I'm going to say The Prom. I am so Very excited fair. to see The Prom again Very because fair. I've seen Hades Town twice now, and I want to see The Prom again on stage. Oh, always so. want to see The Prom again. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So, so good. But, all right, let's talk about some other things that people are going to get a chance to see. We are going to start with the Encore's production of Mac and Mabel, which had its first official performance on Wednesday night. But we had some folks filming at the Invited Dress on Tuesday night, so we have some highlights of this show. It is currently set to run through the 23rd. It's not going to extend because these things don't extend. Um, It's Jerry Mm, Herman's uh, score led by the... Phenomenal Douglas Sills, who I will go to my grave not understanding why he is not a gigantic, gigantic theater Correct. star. Along with Alexandra Soka. And it's just got um, a whole host of other fantastic people. Major Attaway, Lily Cooper, Ben Fankhauser, uh, Raymond J. Lee, and uh, a bunch more. I'm so very, very excited <sighs> really um, to see this one. wish I could see it. <laughs> yeah, well, so much. I've, my schedule is packed this weekend. I know. It's it's a lot. Um, but we've got some highlights for you in the show notes. Then on Tuesday or on Wednesday, we also had the press uh, preview session for Mrs. Doubtfire. The show will begin performances at the Stephen Sondheim Theater on March 9th. It features a book by Carrie Kirkpatrick and uh, John O'Farrell and music by Carrie Kirkpatrick and his brother Wayne Kirkpatrick, music and lyrics by them. It's directed by Jerry Zaks and choreographed by Lauren Lataro. The show stars Rob McClure as Daniel Hillard slash Mrs. Doubtfire in the highlights that you will be able to see in the show notes (laughs) because it's just a press preview. He says, today in the role of full latex bodysuit, a dress, and a wig will be a pair of glasses. So anytime he's wearing glasses, he is Mrs. Doubtfire. Like it, like anytime it. he's not, he's Daniel Hillard. Um, I I didn't love the songs that they chose, Ashley. Okay. I was expecting something a little more um, fun and melodic. They, they chose kind of like some heartbreaking songs from the solo perspective. Mm. But there was one song where, from what I can tell from the previews, it looks like... Rob McClure's character is trying to figure out how to cook and it's obviously been modernized because he's asking Siri for help and it appears <laughs> it appears it appears that Siri is played by my favorite ensemblist on Broadway uh, Cameron Adams uh-huh. um, and it turns into a huge dance number uh, with a bunch of tap dancing and Rob Love McClure that. is a great tap dancer yes so they have some highlights of that in the show notes so check that out that sounds like fun okay yeah I, I, I'm, I'm getting closer to looking forward to it i I mean i love rob mcclure and i love mrs doubtfire and apparently they've been doing like they've worked to make sure that they're not following the same path as tootsie whether they want to say that or not oh no no, they've said it they they said specifically that they're not trying to follow tootsie okay good good for them i and i respect that because i don't want them to go the way of tootsie either yeah, it's such a weird thing, and I don't want to get into this very much, but like, no. <laughs> please, I have, I, I have, no. No, well, no, 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 but my thing is that I, I think it's very important to differentiate between people in whatever aspect, and I, the reason I think about this most often is on social media, but I think it applies mm. in situations like this. I think there's a, and it's important to differentiate between people who make a mistake in good faith and people who just do something crappy. And sure. I think too, too often, too often we see people being f- figuratively crucified because they genuinely just made a mistake. And if you would treat them with the respect that they um, probably deserve, 
it could be a teaching moment rather than turning on somebody sure. and, and trying to make them the butt of a joke or whatever this phony cancel culture is, whatever that whole thing is. It's just, you know, and I feel like if Mrs. Doubtfire screws up, and now I'm getting back to my point, mm. if Mrs. Doubtfire screws up, I think it was done at least in good enough faith that they've tried to avoid the yes. potholes that they could see ahead of oh, them. And I, and I respect that. Very clearly trying to avoid. The main pitfall that comes is people doubling down on their mistakes as opposed to anything else. Yeah, we've talked about that already this week, so we'll move on. Uh, but, <laughs> but Ashley, let's close this thing down today with two more stories. The first comes from the New York Times, as they reported earlier this week that beginning this fall, the August Wilson African American Cultural Center in Wilson's hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, will open a permanent show about the Pulitzer Prize winning playwright's life creative process, and legacy. According to the Times, quote, the show will be broken into three parts, each modeled on the acts of a play. The first is inspired by Eddie's, a restaurant in the Hill District of Pittsburgh that Wilson frequented as a young man, a replica of the playwright's home office that showcases his manuscripts and book, uh, and book and record collections forms the second act. The final component includes sections dedicated to each of the ten plays that constitute Wilson's American Century Cycle. Now, Ashley, I lived in Pittsburgh for one year when I was very, very young, oh, like really? before kindergarten. But I have never had any desire mm. to go back to that city. But this, and apparently how gorgeous PNC Park is, yeah. is actually making me reconsider that a little See, bit. See, there you go. It's calling you back, apparently. It is. It is. <laughs> I love things uh, like this. I would absolutely so make the trip out. Absolutely. All right. And finally, yesterday, it was announced that Hamilton alum Nick Walker and Detroit native Matt Manuel will step into the roles of Otis Williams and David Ruffin in Ain't Too Proud on Broadway, replacing the original Tony-nominated stars Derek Baskin and Ephraim Sykes. They will begin their runs on Friday, February 28th, and for some reason, Derek Baskin and Ephraim Sykes are finishing their runs on Wednesday, the February 26th, so I'm not sure if there's, mm. like, they have the Thursday off or why they're taking time out. It's a very uh, weird start date. To, yeah, to make changes in midweek. I don't know if it's, like, something to do with Leap Day coming on the 29th, Saturday the 29th, if there's some sort of superstition. But, I mean, ain't too proud to sell on the hell out of the Imperial, so mm. do whatever you want, guys. Honestly. I wonder if there is a Leap Day superstition there. That'd be really... I mean, if 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 there is a Leap Day superstition, you know it's going to be there in the theater. Oh, because of course. We're superstitious about everything. <laughs> I would just... I, if that's the reason behind such a weird start date... <laughs> um, <laughs> I got some. I got some it. thoughts. <laughs> yeah, but no, I am. Uh, it, it constantly am amazes and delights me of how well Ain't Too Proud has done on Broadway. Yeah. I'm so Absolutely. thrilled. I don't think really people expect. I'm sure the producers expected and hoped, but I don't think people really expected it to be running this long. Just the, no. the nature shows these days, anyway. But especially as a jukebox musical. Right, and I mean, it, it, it overlapped to a certain extent with some of these, but you had yeah. Summer and the Cher show completely bomb out. Right. Now, those are kind of different sh types of shows, obviously, both in terms of music and structure, but um, the fact that Ain't Too Proud is still going very strong, also throwing Tina going very strong as well, um, yeah. really makes you uh, kind of step back and evaluate what types of songbooks and catalogs perhaps might do better in the format uh, of the jukebox musical. And I don't know what that answer is because Tina Turner 
is I mean I don't I guess I guess she wanted to call herself a rock singer, but I don't know that that's what I would consider her. But whatever. I mean it's just it's a very interesting you know case study and how these things uh, end up doing well when we have so many jukebox <laughs> so music. So true. We'll have to see when uh, Britney and MJ come out. Oh, I'm so excited! For <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm like that. Just the idea of that show makes me sweating. Happy. Well, it's just so dumb. Like it has to work. <laughs> like you can't put that on it's stage the and think. Of the producers. Yeah, they've done it. They've yeah. Done it. yeah, it is the uh, springtime for Hitler of jukebox <laughs> music. I hope that ends up as their pull quote. I will be happy to allow them to use that. I will. I will do a commercial. I for wanna them see if that want outside to. uh what the marquee? Uh that's what I wanna see. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best quote they're going to get. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Man. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. All right. Head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. And then James and I will be back to close out your week on Friday. Have fun. Have <laughs> fun.